Oh, no, I can still do an intro to the intro. Yeah, yeah. I would, let yeah. me intro your intro. Well, first of all, you got one of your films seen by Lin-Manuel yeah. Miranda. And, you know, and you can say, well, yeah, but you got to go play with Rocket. So, yeah. well, we both won this month. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so hot in here. Oh, my sweat is sweating. Oh, don't sweat on the couch. This is new. Hey, I'm Rob. Uh, and I'm Jim. We are Twist and Shout. And, uh, well, we're not all of it. Obviously, there's a team. On the last podcast, Jim, you talked about the new project about parental videos helping parents deal with the internet threat. Uh, this time, you talked to some of the very important high-powered actors that you had on that shoot. Is this correct? Yes, this is world-class talent. Um, I have to say that. I'm contractually obliged to say that because they're my kids. Um, so Lola and Ray, Lola is 13, Ray is 10, and um, they did brilliantly well. When you last heard from me, um, we hadn't shot the video yet. Yeah, like it was all about concept like, last time, like, concept. this is what we wanted to do, and then you had to go execute it, yeah. how did it go? And I think what's important, well, it went really well. I mean, um, I'm very happy to report that the only tantrum on the shoot was from a grown-up. <laughs> and it was not me. <laughs> But um, so that was pretty cool. They behaved well. They they uh, didn't let me down. I was very proud. Um, the just want to re recap on the point of these films is to get parents interested in looking at what their kids are doing online, get involved, get engaged. There's this kind of iPad babysitter mentality going around, which is fine. But the but this idea that they're, they're spending long periods of time alone online and a huge percentage of laptops and iPads are not protected, are not set up in safe mode in any way. Because parents, A, don't, they perceive it to be something complicated, and it's not. They are, don't have time, they're busy. Um, and with the prevalence of online gaming and meeting virtual entities, other, other kids, other people, other grown-ups, playing the game you're playing, means that you're kind of in a community that, albeit virtual, is still a uh, an untethered community. It's not people you know or have met. It's strangers, and uh, and the old stranger danger thing still applies. So um, the kids did really well, and the nice thing was that they fully understood the subject matter, probably better than I did. Uh, you know about what they would do. Well, and we'd say when we were first working on these films, coming up with the ideas for them, that this is not how to train your kids. This no. is how to train the parents. Absolutely. The kids maybe already understand it, but if not, they at least are aware of these issues. It's making the parents, who are the decision makers, aware of the issue. Um, yeah. And so you brought the kids in, and they yep. had this experience. I'm going to be very interested to hear what it sounds like yeah. to have you dad, dad Jim, <laughs> as a director. Because I know when I've directed my kids in things, yeah. I'm horrible. When I go back and watch the edits, no, I'm a tyrant to my own. I would I was, never treat other actors no, I know. that way. I was a monster on the so show as well. I'm going to be really yeah. fascinated to hear what they say. Let's, let's take a listen. Right, we're recording. Okay, everyone? Happy? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Lola, what about your friends online? Do you think, what do you think the problems are there? What are the things that can go wrong? Well, a lot of my friends on social media, like Instagram and occasionally on Facebook, um, they have a lot of, like, friends of friends that, like, then you obviously on Instagram you can't set it so that you can look at friends of friends unless it's not private. But they tend to just, like, 
follow for a follow. So they'll follow anyone as long as they'll follow them back, so they'll get more followers. So that's how you end up with, like, a load of different random th people on your feed that you don't actually know. Why do you think parents don't know what their kids are really doing online? Why do you think that is? Because they don't really care that much. Well, that's what? the case for my friends' hmm. parents. They don't really care what their child is doing and I don't think they actually know about many of the dangers, which I think, is what I'm worried about. I think it's because... I think... Um, that parents don't know what kids are doing online because technology has moved on quite quickly and, like, mo most older people have sort of been left behind. What, so, you mean old like me? Well, yeah, but you sort of <laughs> not. <laughs> you're, you're sort of not because you sort of adapted, but most people haven't because your job sort of makes you adapt. Yeah, but some most parents have jobs that don't actually require them to adapt to technology to the new technology, so they don't like actually get into it at all. Like okay. I know some of my friends' parents don't even have Facebook and things, which is like a basic thing that most um, people over like well any age really of over like fifteen have. So, um, let's talk about the shoot. Um, what do you remember about the shoot? Um, it was really fun. It was a bit stressful, but mostly it was really fun. What about you, Ray? What do you remember? Uh, I don't really remember much of the <laughs> shoot. <laughs> what, you were like in a trance? I can remember <laughs> getting... Yeah, uh, yeah, we probably... Finding it a bit harder at the end... Because we were really tired. ...to try and remember all of the names of the birds because the end episode's about um, bird-watching and Google. Mm -hmm. So... I just really can't remember that much. I still find it hard to stay awake, mainly, because <laughs> I was tired. What was it like shooting with the crew and the other actors, what were they like? They were really nice, actually. Um, I was a bit nervous because some of them I hadn't met before. I probably had met them, but not, like, properly. Maybe been on a shoot, but not, but probably just because you were on babysitting duties. And <laughs> <laughs> we'd just been dragged along. We hadn't uh, actually... We, I think we've been in a couple of... We've been in a couple of videos before, but not... Um, big ones like this, like we're in maybe one or two scenes, but Where not. you were the principal characters. Yeah. So why did we make these videos? Um, to help parents not be stupid. <gasps> Ray! That's no mean. offence. Don't. It's okay. It's all right, leave him. So what, why do you think? Um, what was the question again? <laughs> Why, why did we bother making these videos? <laughs> because... No um, reason. <laughs> because... Right, shut up. A lot of, a lot of parents don't actually um, know what their kids get up to online. And it's, import, it's important to know that so that they don't um, do things like download viruses or talk to people they don't know because it can be really dangerous. And Ray, why do you think we made them? Just a note before, I never download anything suspicious. 
What? Never. Why do you think we need these videos at all? To help parents help their children to be safe and not destroy the computer. Well, it's, not just, it's not just about no, destroying not, the computers it, with viruses and stuff. It's not just no, about that. It's yeah, more about... It's about personal uh, information. And that, that's true. You don't want to give anything away. But also, there are things on the internet that you shouldn't see. Tell me about that. Well, they're all, like, dangerous uh, things. Well, I know at school they have really good safety, but that didn't stop me from seeing pictures of Brazilian strong men. What? All <laughs> 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 oh, right. OK. That sounds like a joke out of a movie airplane. Yeah, well, it, it's not, honestly. That actually happened. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how Richard's going to edit this. So really Are you kidding? This is gold. So, if you have a message, having done the videos and knowing what you know, what advice would you give to mums and dads? Um, Set up filters. Don't let your children go onto any social media sites that you don't understand because a lot of them can, like, aren't suitable for certain ages and they need certain privacy settings set up. You told me that the three platforms perhaps weren't the only ones we needed to look at. What, what do you think we should do in the future? Do you think we should make some more videos? And what, are the, what should we make them about? I think the next video should be more to do with the newer sort of social medias like Instagram, Snapchat and things like... Um, um, online like games? Online gaming and chat rooms and things like that on games that... Agario? What? Oh, Agario is like... A, that, that's a specific game, Ray. We're talking about general things that's, okay. that's a chat that's a form of chat room really no well i don't know it's not a form of chat room forum it's... that's the word okay it's Is a game of eat or be eaten uh, oh right. my I'm god that... school close now. all right thank you very much for talking to us Agario's where you try to eat people. Forget about Agario. Right. Walk away from Agario. But you try to eat people. Right, right, right. I can't use it. Please eat people. If you mention specific games, you can't. We can't use it. Right. Right. I'm just going to. Is he going to edit this out? Right. What's next thing? There's a line here that says, "Clips from feeding the beast." What is that? Okay. It's another event. Cool. Uh, called Creative Coffee that happens regularly here in Leicester. And uh, I was invited along by the organisers to talk about generating your creative mojo. Like, where does that come from? If you need to do something creative, how can I kind of get myself into that frame of mind? How can I start myself off thinking differently about things? How can I just um, create an environment in which creativity prospers, you know? All right, let me think of a different segue. So Jim is our... Boss, our guru here, the maker of many, many films, but he's also the maker of a book. That is right. Jim Shields, published author of the book Three Guys Walk Into a Bar, Amazon business bestseller. Um, and he often gets invited to talk about some of the things that he has learned along the way. One of the places that invited him 
was a little creative coffee session that happens right in Leicester, England, where the company is located. And he stopped by to talk with those folks about some of the ideas in the book, mainly Feeding the Beast. A technique that a lot of comedians use is to set a recorder going and have a rant for five minutes and get upset about the thing you're trying to write about or the thing you're trying to create images about or design or whatever. Get upset, be specific. Don't generally talk about how air travel is rubbish. Talk about that moment when you walk up to the desk and she's got that supercilious grin on her face and she doesn't mean it. It'd be nice if she meant it. You know, whatever, dig into something. Have a, Talk to yourself. It's really important. A lot of successful creative people talk to themselves a lot. Um, I would recommend that. But record it, capture it in some way. And then listen to it back. It's a weirdly cathartic and also um, triggering sort of uh, activity to record yourself for five minutes or even two minutes and just shout at it. Collaborate is the other thing. So if you really are against it, um, if you're lucky, you will have that friend or partner who is that person who you can bounce off and spar off and just have that one of those buzzy conversations with. Try and get to that place. Book that friend for a coffee and have a chat about things. Get out of the office, go and sit down with them for half an hour. A lot of this just probably sound like really, really obvious stuff, but we don't do it enough. We certainly don't fill the, feed the Rolodex enough because we like the things we like, so we watch the things we watch always. So we're always attaching it to things that are in- incrementally different to what we just watched rather than something radically different to what we just watched or, or exposed ourselves to. Get drunk. <laughs> but drink responsibly, folks. Um, but actually, interestingly enough, again, uh, has anyone come across with, is it Drunk Shakespeare? Brilliant. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think that's excellent. The way that they describe the plot of famous Shakespeare plays uh, after two bottles of Prosecco is hilarious. It's very good. I recommend it. But interestingly, odd things happen about the way they express themselves. And if you were looking for a new and fun way to explain Romeo and Juliet, you do a lot. You could do a lot worse than what comes out after two bottles of Prosecco. Uh, another exercise that uh, I sometimes inadvertently have happened to you if you're. Um, iPod or, or iPhone is on shuffle is where you're walking down the street and suddenly a bit of a film soundtrack comes on and suddenly this is not just walking to work all these people are in your movie this is awesome it's great I know is that just me but do it go for a walk around town for 20 minutes put a film soundtrack on doesn't matter which film but preferably not something with words so that you can disconnect from that part of your brain that's processing language and you can just look at the pictures that are in front of you which is life and have its soundtrack play underneath it for you. It's a really interesting process. It does get, it creates new things at every turn. Is there a natural segue from feeding the beast? Yeah, yeah, there is. It's about doing, because we do things offline that are not immediately obvious as to how they feed into the business, but they, but they do. So, so, let, so imagine that we've just listened to your feeding the beast section yeah. on playback yeah. in studio. And I come in and go, yeah, so, and then you can ask me about Hamlet. So, Jim, you told them all, feed the beast. You can't just, a man cannot live by work alone. <laughs> no, we have to do the fun stuff, like your Hamleria film. Yeah, you have to do something to keep the juices flowing. Thank You're... you for the plug, Hamleria <laughs> film. Yes. The first truly viral uh, thing that I've done on my own. Yes. Uh, just to, let's put a bit of a placeholder around this to say that Robin Collum, um, has created an excellent little viral film around the notion that fans of the hit Broadway musical Hamilton um, 
are somehow afflicted with a disease that makes them sing lyrics from the show every time they hear a line in general conversation Which in life. Which is a real thing, by the way. Has this ever happened to you? Hi, I'll be your server this evening. My name's Angelica. Ooh, Angelica! Eliza! And Peggy! <laughs> there is no cure for hemolaria. But now, thanks to the research of the Weehawken Institute, you can manage your symptoms and continue to function in society. It happens so here's, all the time. Here's where we split, because I did not believe that. Well, I believe that maybe you would sing a line, but I didn't. I thought, you know, that's like five people in the world. Uh, I didn't think that the community around... And I'm holding my hands up. I'm, now we know the numbers. I'm saying, <laughs> okay, maybe is, it was a good idea. Before the 12 Tony wins. Yeah. So, <laughs> to be fair, Jim didn't know. Um, and I wasn't sure that... that I'm, I'm a musical theatre geek, so I realise it's a niche. But I didn't realise that the Hamilton family was that big that the community around that musical was so huge um because i thought we had a skewed view of the world because we just see musical theater people all the time so you know yeah no it's huge and their their social media use is huge too the fans post and and talk about each other it's it's really one of the first like musicals or or really kind of theater experiences that became fully embraced by the web and 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 appropriately also embraced it with their daily broadcasts and Lin-Manuel Miranda the creator tweets everything in the world and tweets and retweets and is involved on Instagram and they're doing live Facebook backstages and they just totally instead of like shutting out or trying to control it have embraced it and let things fly and he and he tweeted your film well yeah that was our whole goal like i just i'm i'm such a huge fan of this musical my whole family was addicted to it i was addicted to it we we actually got to see it last i am definitely a fan very lucky to have gotten to see it but we're like okay let's take the time and effort to make this and make it right and spend the time and get really quality people on it and someday someday lin-manuel miranda (laughs) himself will see this video and and i will be edified it will all be worthwhile (laughs) That happened 11 hours after we released it. Wow. He retweeted it on his Twitter feed. <laughs> and uh, it, it went to over 100,000 views in the first week. And is it and fair? now it's up to like 150 still. It's still going. Is it fair to say, interestingly, um, that uh, this musical also has been responsible for bringing people into musical theatre that would not normally go and see a show? Oh, absolutely. Huge mm-hmm. in that way. Because it's of the nature out. of the music. It, it went, the, when, the, when the original cast album was released... Uh, and it's not a soundtrack, which I've been corrected on several times because I said that it's not made that mistake in the video to say a soundtrack. It's not a soundtrack. It is an original cast recording. Oh. <laughs> it's not a vocal selection. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the original cast recording went to number one on the Grammy charts and number one on the rap charts when it was the, wow. the week that it was released. First time that's ever happened. So huge people coming into Broadway that never. Would yeah. have thought you can't Broadway imagine hardcore rappers getting involved in Broadway. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and, and and it's some really legit rappers were cast in it, so it's for their first time on Broadway. Debbie Diggs is amazing, um, and uh, exposing new audiences to it, and also it's it's all largely uh, African American and Latino actors. Uh, there's very few white actors in the show, and that's part of this message. Is like, yes, it is George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, but this story is being changed to be the true immigrant story because they were all immigrants. Yeah, because yes. we weren't a country. Yes, you then. all were. No, <laughs> there were people there, and they kind of moved over a little bit to let you in. I realize that. Yes, <laughs> we're not going to go there. But what I'm saying is, um, so anyway, this is an official apology for saying 
I may have been less than super impressed at the beginning of that process. I you mean, weren't impressed with the idea, but you were very no. supportive of the film once Thank it came you. out. Thank you. It's very kind. And he shared it all. And you can all see it too at uh, YouTube. Search for Hemilaria. Yep. Hashtag Hemilaria. It's actually <laughs> it actually trended for a little while. Yay. Hashtag Hemilaria. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. And, and yeah, and therefore my beast was fed. It was really yeah. fun. It was You're, exciting that, to live in that little bubble for a little while. That was your big win. for. You had a big win. You got to go play with space toys. <laughs> yeah, we had an event at the National Space Center. Um, I should go back and tell a little story at the very beginning uh, of our relationship. One of the earliest projects we did in information security was for Barclays. And Rob came up with a treatment that was set in a space center. And he said, I realize this is never going to get made because we haven't got a budget to build the set. Yeah, it was just a placeholder to see if they would go on the idea. And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll replace that with a ship or a submarine or something else eventually. But for now, it's a spaceship. Uh, at which point I pointed out that Leicester has its own national space center and we can go and use it. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> About the five United <laughs> Kingdom has a space center. Uh, 20 minutes from the office. So that wasn't, that wasn't a big reach. So, uh, so the good news is that this, uh, this month we got to sponsor an event there. And we sponsored the planetarium where the business presentations were taking place. And it became the Restricted Intelligence Theater for one day only. Uh, we were able to show all of our great little films on a huge, like super high def screen that was so big, the seats reclined back, you're almost horizontal, you're watching the films on the ceiling. And we also projected some of the characters around the edge, so they're all looking down on you, like oh, while so you're you lay see, there. You had to see Lionel's face that huge, that's yeah, terrifying. Yeah, being that's angry. terrifying. <laughs> so all of that was great fun. Uh, we met some lovely small businesses, uh, really great to see the energy. It was aimed at small businesses to try and help them deal with their information security stuff uh, more efficiently and with uh, better intelligence. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, I got to give a presentation in the planetarium as well. So the benefits of making fan behavior happen within your company is that you train your staff to be like the mentalist. They start to look for signals and things, not just information-based, but people's behavior. Or even people wandering around the office that shouldn't be there, that should be accompanied. Or just, you know, generally keeping an eye out from a slightly different perspective. Um, so we can develop their interpersonal and observational skills, not just about knowing what their responsibility is or you know, what effect that can have, uh, but also encouraging them to just be a bit more aware. Um, uh, video is a good medium because it's good at nuance. Um, it's quite bad at delivering lists and policies, um, and that is the next level down. Once you've got their attention, you can make that available to people. As I said earlier, it's officially a thing in the organization. You've, you've created some posters and they're entertaining and therefore it's part of your company culture. Uh, and that means security can become a layer rather than a slice of the organization. Okay, so we had a great day at the Space Center. Sounds like it. It was brilliant. And um, I'd like to say that, yeah, we learned lots of things and we saw some new technology and we met some great people who told us lots of new things about information security that we didn't know before. But what I really want to say is that the coolest thing is to be able to pre present in a planetarium and then put your booth underneath a rocket, a real one. <laughs> uh, and so and suddenly I'm 12 years old again and I'm running around the place going, this is awesome, you know. So I was that guy. Very nice. Sorry. Speaking of cool, new, awesome things, I guess the spaceship's not really new, it's old, but you have a new awesome thing on the website. Yeah, we do. We have a case study um, from a gentleman called Darren Argyle, who is the CISO of Market, 
uh, a financial data analysis and handling company. And uh, yeah, he talks about the challenge he had about getting, you know, very well-educated and savvy workforces, a uh, workforce to um, take notice of their responsibilities with respect to information security. So we, we've got this vibrant culture in market and I was, you know, looking for something out there that was a little bit different. So we were looking at, you know, engaging our employees and indeed the board of directors, executives, it wasn't just one layer, with using different ways. And we were looking for like, this kind of visceral response, if you like, uh, that really got people engaged. And restricted intelligence could tick that box. So we engaged with them, restricted intelligence, it looked exactly what a perfect fit for market. So for us, the success is obviously a change in culture, which is not always that tangible, but the, the way that you can see culture happening is, is the way that people talk about security. So people are, is that information confidential? They're asking questions of me directly, and even they're almost doing the clean desk policy without me having to ask, which is great. So the link is on the case studies page now. Case study. We have a case studies. We have page. a case studies page. It's so grown dedicated. Up. It's it is so grown up. It's such a big boy well, thing. It to is have. a big boy thing to have. Yeah, we're there. We're there. we've reached that stage. Well, some of us were there already, but it's nice to have company. Uh, everyone's going home, so that sort of tells us that this recording is nearly over. I hear lots of cars. Everyone is, is <laughs> leaving the centrum yeah. of yeah. Leicester like rats from a sinking ship. <laughs> It's like a great escape. It's ridiculous. Well, um, it may have something to do with the fact that it's a million degrees in the UK. Yeah, we're having our one day or maybe two day. I'm heat. from Dallas and I say, like, we know heat. We have no problem. It's like 100 degrees Fahrenheit on, on a regular basis there. But see, we have air conditioning. Mm. And you people don't do that. We have air conditioning called windows. It's fine. <laughs> Cheaper to run. So before I pass out, I will say goodbye. <laughs> oh, please. Thank you for listening. All right, let's go and get a cocktail. Good plan. Come in. Do you have ice in this country? No.